Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern day Asian American woman. My name is Helen. I'm Janet. I'm Mel. I'm Anthony. And I'm Mike. As an Asian American who went to high school within the 2009 era, I was a huge fan of the dance culture and, of course, America's Best Dance Crew. This is where we saw the amazing isolation moves from Mike's song, which then exposed the rest of the youth to the incredible world of dance. As an admirer, I saw how impactful it was for my Asian American peers to see dancers with faces like theirs tear it up on the stage. So when we saw the talents of Mike Song and Anthony Lee come together to form Kinjas back in 2010, it marked an incredible moment in the dance community. Yes, and fast forward to 2021, the Kinjas have opened up multiple dance studios, also known as Kinjas Dojos, in Los Angeles, Chengdu, and Shanghai. Done amazing collaborations with Jackson Wang, Sony Pictures, The Chainsmokers, McDonald's, Toyota, just to name a few. Produced a podcast with over 100 episodes and even created an instant noodle brand called Kinja Bang. Please welcome to Asian Boss Girl, Mike Song and Anthony Lee of the Kinjas! Woo! I'm clapping for myself. <laughs> yes. I'm clapping for that prepared intro. That was... Yeah, that's what I'm clapping for too. That was, that was all uh, memorized, yeah. <laughs> uh, totally. Thank you guys so much for being here. Um, as Mel mentioned, dance is a huge subculture and scene in the Asian American community. Many of our college cultural orgs like the CSAs, NSUs, and other Asian cultural orgs had hip-hop dance teams that performed and competed in regional events. So Mike, I know you were on Cabo Modern, and Anthony, you were on DC at UCI. Um, shout out to my team, Ascension at UCSD. Don't <laughs> forget 220. <laughs> 220 for a year. Uh, during those college years, there were amazing annual shows and events like Vibe, Fusion, Body Rock. There was such a community around dance in college. Was that where dance began for the both of you, or did it start even before that? How did you guys get into dance? Um, I started dancing in church, so I had a Bible study. It wasn't like on some hardcore gospel stuff, but I had a Bible study teacher who had a sick glide. He had the cleanest (laughs) footwork. I know it sounds funny, but uh, once I saw that, it kind of blew my mind, and he was my dance mentor. Mm. And so in high school... um, Everything kind of erupted for me when I went to this show called Collaboration, mm. the, collabor- the OG show, yeah. Yep, yeah. still going, yeah. And uh, my sister took me to that, and when I saw that, uh, that kind of expanded my mind to seeing like like, uh, not like-minded, like-faced mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Asian-Americans, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, seeing, uh, just doing cool dances, just being talented and not just being like your, you know, your normal studying hard. Not that there's anything yeah. wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, just seeing that was super inspirational for me. So uh, from there, I kind of went down the rabbit hole of dance. Fast forward, um, when I went to UCI, 
I had already known that Cobb Modern was like in this existing dance troupe at the mm. school. I didn't tell my parents that's why I chose UCI, oh. but in my but mind I knew it, yeah? like you I'm sneaky boy. <laughs> <laughs> I was scheming. Now I know. <laughs> and it's true that the dance teams in college were really quite popular. Mm-hmm. Like it could probably sway some people to go to that school. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Now, well, I mean, now it's a whole nother game. It's evolved into a whole nother era now. But mm-hmm. I think at that time, for sure. Especially if you didn't care about education. <laughs> <laughs> still a really good school but yeah yeah, that's pretty much um, my in a nutshell like Genesis point when when you joined that team were you the best one on the on the dance team oh hell no no way like that was I think for me a a big learning lesson and just like what is the next level Mm -hmm. I think I was in such a small pond in high school that I was just like, yeah, I could dance. <laughs> and I went to like college and I got checked by um, just real skill and commitment and just a whole, just another level. Just like mm-hmm. imagine any sport to me, at least it was yeah. like high school level and then college level. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, yeah, it was super humbling. But also like I was desperate to have friends that like dance as much as I did in high school. Like, for some reason, like, my buddies, I would show them dance videos all day long, and I would just see them, like, kind of get annoyed and, like, veer away. I kind of feel bad. Yeah. And then um, I was, like, so excited. The dance nerd in me in college was so happy to, like, show videos to new people. Oh, and yeah, be like, you want to keep watching it? Yeah. yeah. And that was, like, that alone was hype for me. Yeah. So do you feel like you, or like being in college and being on those dance teams, that's really where your train, like the hardcore training began? Yeah, yeah, I would say. How about you, Anthony? How did you get into dance? Yeah, I, I actually started in college. Um, oh. I like did maybe like a lip sync in high school, but I, I think it's one of those things where if I were to actually see it, I don't remember what fully happened. If I were to see it right now, it probably like for sure wasn't dance. There was like <laughs> no formal training. You're, I was just trying to like emulate like MJ, like every mm-hmm. other Asian kid in the world. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't until I get to co- got to college that actually, uh, that's where I met Mike. And I met Mike not even like when college started. We met at like the freshman orientation program. So like when we met each other, like that was at the very, very beginning of my entire journey. And I, I guess that was destiny. Yeah. Wait, so you went to UCI too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. We met at, and we met at the freshman orientation program there. Did Mike show you the glide? Is that how you got he into it? He showed me a lot more than the glide. He oh. Showed me, showed me a lifetime of joy. <laughs> You know, he was my original kind of like the, the carrier of the keys through the gate. Nice. You know what I mean? He was a really, really profound friend that would definitely open the door, but not necessarily, you know what I mean? It was just because he even joined Cobb Modern because, yeah. you know, he had his ties and connections. But I, who had like never really learned choreography or done things before, definitely wasn't ready to join like a dance team my freshman yeah. year. So I didn't actually audition for CADC until my second year. Oh. So my whole first year, we did UCI uh, CASA freshman dance off. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We totally thought we were going to win that year. We got smoked. Um, But it's only easy to say that now, like 15 years later. Anyways, um, and then uh, after that, I was, I guess I was just going to session with him and Victor Cam uh, all the time. And we would be at like the UCI B-Boy Club. um, And then it wasn't until, like I said, the following year that I ended up feeling like maybe I can audition for a team now. And that's how CADC came into my life. Why didn't you audition for Calvin Modern? I was super scared. I was like, this is a great question. No way. You know what? He also didn't go do Calvin Modern. Yeah, I did. He kind of did. He kind of did. I also, though, uh, to be fair, life just like works works Mm. itself out. I think there was like some event, maybe like um, some sort of performance where a B-Boy Club 
and uh, CADC were at like this joint performance together and I was just doing stuff with B-Boy Club. Um, and then there was an after party. And then once you like really party with like a group of people that mm-hmm. kind of like ends up being a little bit more of the comfort zone. Yeah, it creates a bond. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. I, I just kind of like built relationships with a lot of people on CADC. And then, I feel like, like you had crushes on the girls on CADC too. Oh, so that's like the real You know how that goes to college. I sway stuff hard. Driving force right there. You know what? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It's all a blur. <laughs> but yes. Wait, were you guys the same year? You, you all and Janet? Uh, uh, when did you graduate? I'm 07. We 08. 08. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so you did you guys ever compete against 220? Or yes. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. definitely yeah. competed against yeah. must have been cross yeah. You guys for sure with Ascension and then... Yes. Yeah. Uh, but if she left Ascension that first year, then I probably didn't compete with you. I Well, I was on Ascension my second year, so it'd be your first year. Yeah, and then my my third year, so it'd be your guys' second year. I was on 220. Mm. Mm. We did compete for sure. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> we for sure yeah. competed. You won. <laughs> yeah, you remember losing to 220 or winning? Um, to be I, honest, I don't, I, think I, don't remember. Yeah. I don't think I ever lost to 220. Oh! <laughs> that's okay, that's okay. I have a lot of respect. He was second to none. <laughs> no, I was second to Kaba a lot. <laughs> that's for sure. I definitely don't remember beating Kaba. But I definitely didn't. <laughs> well, honestly, I am also so curious because you guys have created this multi-layered business, right? Not only are you guys a dance group, but you have so many different silos going on at the same time. What would you consider yourself if someone asked you, like, okay, what, what are you guys? Are you guys like an agency, a multimedia company, a dance group, individual talent? What would you say you are? Uh, you know, that's the question that's evolving for us right now, that answer. Mm. And so for now, I would say we're a one-stop shop. Like, that's mm. the the... The temporary answer for now because we're we've evolved so much like gone are the days of uh the company evolving around just like when's the next gig or something yeah. like that right um and so i would say we're a one-stop shop like we are kind of everything you said mm-hmm. you know it is a media company because there are like sub tiers to like mm-hmm. the mother company so yeah it's a media company we do clothing we uh own studios um we we used to run the studios but we don't run the studios anymore <laughs> but um, as far as like uh, what's in our umbrella, I would say obviously performance still, but now it's not even always performing as Kinja's. Mm. It's like just even choreography services a mm-hmm. lot of the time, right? Um, and so it, event producers mm-hmm. as well. Um, and now uh, we're in plant-based food products. Damn. Whoa. <laughs> how, did, how did you guys go? I mean, I have a lot of friends who are in college and dancers and super talented, like top of their game. Yeah, and yeah. then they end up at desk jobs, right? Because yeah. right after college, it's just like... But like top really... of the desk type of job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they ended up, you know, not being able to pursue dance. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people haven't. Yeah. How were you guys able to get from... I like dance to turning yeah. into this like dance company and then turning into this multimedia business. I think just like time frame is is like always important to like re- recognize and acknowledge, right? For us, uh, I think we got really fortunate with our generation of YouTube. Mm-hmm. So like that was just kind of like an era that even though it wasn't like super intentional for most of us, you know, we just kind of like were doing videos trying to share with our friends and whatnot. Um, that just became a really, really successful portal in the first of its time for us to share our artistry, like really our own artistry, not mm-hmm necessarily like as a dancer the idea of like dancing for you know just another artist mm-hmm. or some other thing like really just creating out of nowhere and then just kind of sharing it online yeah. to have been able to like utilize like social media uh, and that platform I think we were just given and afforded that time frame of opportunities that allowed us to eventually um, because we were sharing our individual work mm-hmm. we started getting like recognized and booked for that mm-hmm. mainly in the form of like um, teaching and judging realistically mm-hmm. mainly in Europe at that time and then eventually it would move a lot heavily to Asia 
Um, but just going out there, teaching and, and judging and performing and whatnot. And this was also an era where um, the dance TV competition shows really blew up as well. So like combine that plus YouTube. Mm-hmm. And we yeah. just kind of happened to be in really the most fruitful era of like opportunity for a young aspiring uh, and creative artist. And yeah. I would like to think that also like for the Asian American at that time as well, because, you know, uh, we weren't really seeing a lot of representation or opportunity in the industry, but it wasn't like nobody wanted to keep dancing and just try and figure things out. So uh, just being able to get that time frame for ourselves and the opportunity to like take advantage of it and continue to um, try at it, even though nobody knew what was happening and evolve the relationship with not only like the platform and like the, the, era but also like the people that we were trying to that, that were connecting with us and we were connecting with so um yeah i think that, that was just most of like what allowed us to build a space for ourselves and then when we had kind of that individualism where we were we were able to go out and build a name for ourselves or build our, our own social followings mm-hmm. um there was that point where uh, kind of like the avengers or the voltron where recognizing that coming together under maybe more of an idea or versus our individualism could kind of be more inspirational or allow us to even go farther with different adventures that we wanted, you know, for ourselves. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's super tough, especially for creatives, because creatives are good at being creative, but then you guys got really good at the business side of things, mm-hmm. too. Like, did you guys do that yourselves, or did you bring on someone to help out with growing the business side of things? I would say we made a lot of mistakes. It mm. started there. We still made, happening. Yeah, still making what's, so What's many. one of the biggest mistakes that you guys have made? Oh my gosh. How long do we have? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, just a funny one. I wouldn't say it's the biggest one. Uh, A funny, not so funny one, but funny if we look at it now, is just like uh, when we started our clothing company, just not even thinking about like adding on a sales tax. For California. Oh, shoot. That's amazing. Realizing that a year later. So just like Mm. compounding those mistakes. And Uh, shout out Will, actually, (laughs) because. I went to him for advice because I remember Wang Fu was doing a bunch of... (laughs) Why did I say what? Phil. Oh, my God. I was saying Wong and Phil. I was like, who's Phil? I was like, Will. Will? Yeah. I I could have said Fong. (laughs) All right, shit. All right. (laughs) Phil. Shout out Phil because um, I remember asking him for advice when uh, when Wang Fu was doing a bunch of merch. And then I, I remember just getting mind blown by like uh, even the numbers and just kind of the ratio that he was sharing with me in terms of like where how to make ends meet. Yeah. So when we jumped into it, um, we had that conversation for sure. Like, yo, Phil said this. <laughs> <laughs> we were mind blown. <laughs> and we jump into it when we get our, you know, our, our, just getting started. It was like it was such a, a small victory, but it's yeah. still, of course, you got to celebrate. I mean, my parents came out to like we were living in a, a spot called Bangoria in Monterey Park, uh, and my parents came out to our garage and built like shelves and stuff like that so we could put like our t-shirts in and whatnot so we were like yeah like we're doing it (laughs) and then once we got like uh that just once we learned about taxes for real (laughs) for the first time and it was kind of like wait a minute we didn't charge sales tax for california for all of our sales high too that's a that's it was a very expensive we made very expensive mistakes yeah 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 and that's like not even the worst one by far (laughs) <laughs> We're just not going to get into it. It's not a sad podcast. That's just know? the one that like we can laugh about now because yeah. it's so long ago. Yeah. But how did it? So so then the t-shirts were kind of the fir- or like the merch was the first kind of going into business. Yeah. How did it go from that to like dance studios? Mm. Oh man, uh, a lot of evolution. I have to also add like in addition to mistakes, um, like I feel like we've had so many mentors along the way. Mm. Like we have to also give it up to just uh, yeah mentors along the way where we just learn different things and. 
um, studio came about because we um, we did the I believe it's the last season of America's Best Dance Crew also, um, and it was like the season of champions. Uh, even though Kinjas was not a champion or was never mm-hmm. on any season, we like some, snuck in. Yeah, we like <laughs> finagled our way onto that season because we had guys who had been on other mm-hmm. seasons. Um, but I bring that up because um, our goal that season was if we were to win the, the champion season, we would use that to open up a studio. That was just kind of like this mindset mm-hmm. we had. But um, when we didn't end up winning, uh, shout out Quest, um, <laughs> uh, we got runners up. But then um, our first thought was like, yo, we should do an Indiegogo. And when we did an Indiegogo, uh, we ended up raising like 120000 to open up our first studio. So um, wow. yeah, that was like the beginning. And even that was just our process of just the beginning. We didn't have any know-how on how to run a studio, mm-hmm. but um, we just had to figure it out and honestly like, ask a lot of questions. We held meetings with all our homies who were studio owners, and it really just went from there. Asking tons of questions, really. Yeah, yeah. 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 Googling everything. Yeah. And, and we were also able to build a, a relationship, a very strong partnership with uh, our partner company out of China uh, mm-hmm. called SinoStage, and when we went there, um, in 2014 together, it wasn't like on our minds to think like we should partner up and build a studio or anything like that. Um, it was really just a matter of, honestly, we were like, let's go out there teach and shoot some videos. You know what I mean? Um, but once like we just met the right partner through like Coco, uh, um, who is the you know CEO uh, and founder of Sign Stage, once we met her and the energy was just so authentic, organic, the relationship just made, made sense, especially at that time in our respective companies' careers mm-hmm. too. Like they were kind of just like for real starting off, mm-hmm. even though we had started Kinjas in 2010 under this name Ombu Black Ops, like we didn't for real turn it into a company until late 2014. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like just the timing of where we were and, and just the opportunity. It was really, again, probably just destiny, but um, they ended up continuing their journey as a studio company in China and opening up like 10, 20, 30 studios. Um, so we ended up partnering them more officially in order to continue that journey by opening up the Kinjas Dojo in Chengdu, mm. in Beijing as well. And then we opened the complex in Shanghai and then opened up the complex in LA. And then want, want, want. <laughs> we can get to that later. No, no. I mean, yeah. you guys want to talk yeah, about that? Yeah, we can that? talk about no. that. It, it, was, it was really just the pandemic, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I think straight to the point, um, we, uh, because we are fortunate to work on a lot of things, um, it does kind of get complex sometimes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes uh, straight up, uh, I guess, in order to, I don't know, save the body, you kind of got to like cut the limb, you know what I mean? And, mm. and that just ended up being um, probably the most strenuous and difficult thing that we've had to undergo uh, during the pandemic so far. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of layers and complexities to like how as a larger organization, we were going to respond, especially as a predominantly entertainment organization through yeah. dance, right? You're, we're talking about like our uh, our traveling, uh, uh, our gig performances, like conventions or campaigns where people meet up in live, you know, events. Uh, uh, or for us, when we throw dance competitions like Arena, which are like giant live yeah, competitions in yeah. in the U.S., Singapore, China, all that stuff kind of just got yeah. cut out from under us. And even back home here, you know, for for the way that they were trying to roll back in to safety uh, and allowing businesses to slowly open up, our category was, you know, especially was under like gyms and fitness and dance studios. So it was like the last place because of the way that the, the virus could spread. So we just took kind of like a really, really, uh, it was just a big wake up call to yeah. how uh, not essential mm. everything that we had kind of like worked on mm-hmm. had become. 
but maybe that's a great transition into understanding why we ended up getting to something like noodles, you know? Yeah. You know? Like, yeah, I think so, yeah. that was like the, the silver lining of it all. Like in the early days of our studios, like me and Anthony were way more hands-on in running the studios. And I think that we were potentially even being more, we're like on that trajectory still, I think. And I think the pandemic kind of just obviously offset everybody. Mm. But uh, for us, I think in closing down our LA locations, at least, um, the silver lining is that we realized like, we didn't know what our potential would be outside of everything being so, like I feel like everything was the immediate half step out of dance, mm-hmm. right? Which was like clothing, whatever, mm-hmm. anything you do entertainment yeah, yeah. wise, you're like the first thought you have in expanding is like merch, yeah. right? Yeah. And then yeah. for us is like, okay, after merch, then you're like, we should get a space, right? Mm. At least for dance, for us, the next thing was like yeah. dance classes, right? And so like, as we took these half steps out and we're like producing events, I think we realized like, we still had a hand in running these studios, so hands-on, but I think the silver lining is by closing the studios, we're like, we really got to reassess like, okay, we we feel like Kinges, we've built it, this dance group to a place where we feel like it's not just a dance group, it's, uh, and not to sound cliche, like not just a dance group, <laughs> but- um, Not just a dance group. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like all these like corporate campaigns that we would do, for example, we realize, like, you know, if we're we're like promoting someone else's product always, right? Mm-hmm. We're using dance to promote someone else's product, and then the the more just over the years, we're like everything we do, we should just do this for ourselves. We mm-hmm. should just we should be the back end of that, yeah. you know, the other side of that deal. And so I think, um, yeah, that that allowed us to be like, okay, if this is a a, a marketing engine and this mm-hmm. tool that we have outside of dance and dance is like our foundation and our mm-hmm. stepping stone. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's where our brains had to get creative, obviously, uh, during the pandemic and just think like, all right, what else can we do right now? Yeah. And so, so how the F do you guys get to noodles? <laughs> yeah. Is it because you guys are always in Asia? So we're fat asses. <laughs> Ate a lot of instant noodles during COVID. <laughs> like how did, how did you get from dance? Everything else makes sense, but noodles. <laughs> makes a different kind of sense if you really know. <laughs> Tell me the philosophy behind this. Dude, This, there's no real philosophy that's going to make sense to anybody else. For example, Mike loves ramen, right? It's always been a dream of mine to open up a ramen shop. Okay. That's like always been a dream. Mm. And then I also love noodles. I really love pho. I want to get like a pho tattoo on my left knee because it's like my funny knee. So it's like my pho knee. Oh my <laughs> God. It's very, oh, I get it. It's really very stupid. Hard. I know. It's the first time I've ever publicly said that. <laughs> I, I almost, there, I there. almost yeah, regret it. <laughs> We can cut it if you want. But, uh, <laughs> so no, so we just like always go into just like fun, fun little conversations about it. And, and we like, honestly, we probably also eat like noodles all the time with mm-hmm. the crew. Mm-hmm. We, our old studio used to be next to Daikokyo or Shinsengumi mm-hmm. or like just, mm-hmm. we, we live in Arts District right next to Little Tokyo. I just moved. But anyways, um, <laughs> so it's just always been like a very, very huge part uh, uh, of our just joy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But uh, we actually had... Uh, Best way to go into this. Um, our partner, who mentors. actually, yeah, yeah mentors on the topic as well. of mentors. Yeah, um, our, our our boy Alex. He's very very much so a mentor and big brother figure for me and Mike. He was actually the uh, creator uh, and founder of Collusive, the clothing line that uh, really just kind of used to. Uh, Hella sponsor the dance community like mm. one hundred. I don't know if you remember like America's Best Dance Crew. Everyone had these like foil shirts. 
Yeah. Mm. Anyways, like everybody was wearing these foil shirts. That's cool. Yeah. Mm. And uh, they were sponsoring Cobb at the time when they were on the show as well. And uh, and we we were close with his uh, Alex's younger brother uh, through college. Mm. And then so that's how we were connected. But um, Calusa started like sponsoring Cobb Modern and, and beyond. And then I ended up ended up uh, I ended up getting recruited to go work for them. Mm. Um, so I ended up becoming like the marketing director and stuff at Calusa. So we were doing like different campaigns and whatnot. Long story short, that's how we had, and this was over 10 years ago. This is like 2010, 2011. 2000, yeah, I yeah. met Alex in 2006. Yeah. 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 And I was working at Clusive in 2010. And we actually even came up with the name Kinjas in the Clusive office back mm. in 2010. Oh, wow. Yeah. Back in 2010. But point is, uh, we had to go separate ways just because life, you know, we ended up continuing, like I mentioned earlier, our own individual careers and whatnot. And then we brought it back together for Kinjas for years, right? We always like ran, we always randomly stayed in touch with Alex as he continued his journey as well. He's consulting for a bunch of ma major companies and, and you know, uh, starting a company here, doing another clothing project here, mm -hmm. selling his business here. He's very, very, very serial entrepreneur kind of mindset kind exactly. of guy. But uh, yeah, we just stayed connected and whatnot. And then, you know, through the pandemic, especially since we would normally like, I, I feel like we were always spending over 50% of our entire year out of the country, mm -hmm. just like traveling, performing, choreographing for different artists, working on shows here, blah, blah, blah. So we were like rarely ever home, but being forced to stay home ended up mean, meaning that we were able to like have time to reconnect with certain people. And like, mm -hmm. you know, he became one of those people that we ended up getting a chance to reconnect with at a really particular time of of life right yeah. i mean pandemic's particular for everybody but i have to say it was like it was perfect time because we had started reconnect with uh reconnecting with him like a couple times before the pandemic but it was one of those like how have you been and then like mm -hmm. so we started this flow of momentum mm -hmm. of like we gotta do something together and it mm -hmm. was like very slow and then the pandemic is when it really just erupted mm -hmm. and um i guess i'll just intro alcohol one night which okay. is like very normal uh and we, we just kind of get into a working flow and whatnot uh one thing leads to another probably an argument happens about noodles well, again. Pause, pause. an argument yeah. happens about noodles what oh well, yeah, that's true because we always have ramen versus flow arguments but um oh, uh, i see you get it i think you know, I don't have hate for the other. I just don't like have to lose, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, Alex, uh, he had already gone into food products as like the current mm. venture that he's in right now. Mm. So that's why we were like, we need to find some intersection between us and food. Yeah. And so Alex also loves that. Uh, he knows that I love ramen. He knows that and loves pho. And so through a night of drinks, it kind of rabbit hole and then somewhere along the line. And and all of his products are uh, plant-based as mm. well. Oh. So that like totally made a lot of sense for us being, uh, you know, obviously like, like we're as dancers, we're always focused on like that half step outside. And mm. one of those places uh, is also like fitness, mm -hmm. you know, uh, wellness, health and, and all that stuff. And we got even some our own, uh, you know, vegan anchors in the crew, the twinges who always like on our crusades and whatnot. They're they're the quartermasters that are in charge of making sure we eat well. Oh, wow. And like they oftentimes oh, cook cool. and prepare for, uh, prepare for us as well. So there was just kind of like this, like also organic kind of like melting pot uh, of just this like plant-based noodle argument, a lot of alcohol, more alcohol. <laughs> Sounds very contrasting right now, alcohol, plant-based. <laughs> and, then, and then there was just boom, this huge aha moment that just made sense. We were like, we should make plant-based noodles. And it was just like this hilarious thing. And I remember I was supposed to leave and then once we talked about that, I was like, I can't leave. And I sat down and got another drink and I had to leave. <laughs> 
point is, it was just a, a really, really fun night that just kind of, I don't know, just kind of worked its way up yeah, into our, yeah. life, our, yeah, our lives. Yeah. yeah. That's so, awesome. So are these, are these noodles like ramen based or they taste like pho? Definitely not. I, no, don't, yeah. I don't want to put the ramen pho title on the mat. Oh, yeah. for sure. I see we had to meat in the middle. Yeah, though, those right? are, yeah. <laughs> is, is it clear though yeah. or is it egg based? Huh? Is it dry? Oh, oh, no, they're, they're not egg based. They're oh, my bad. Plant based. Yeah, and they are uh, air dried, so they're never fried. Oh. So which is why we technically actually don't call them instant noodles. Yeah. Because, you know, remember when you were like kid and super fat ass and you would take like instant cup of noodles and just crunch them or whatever and yeah. eat yeah. them as yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. One of you as a kid. Like I feel like that's are... happening right now. <laughs> okay. They are instant, but like we can't legally say that they're instant noodles mm. just for whatever regulations, oh, but geez. they are instant. Yeah. And they're soupless. They're soupless noodles. Oh. So that's what oh, makes know. it more unique. Yeah. We gotta bring some for y'all. Yeah, I'm. I'm really intrigued now. You like plant based? I yeah. I'm a, I'm a plant based. Pr- no. I'm, I'm not vegan, but I'm definitely mm. like plant based, intri- or like I guess I practice plant based yeah. eating, um, and I very much uh, jive with the ethics behind like um, veganism, even yeah. though I don't necessarily follow by it like strictly. Yeah, we all got grayscale. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> we all got. Yeah, it's a spectrum. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And we're just noodles fans. Like, yeah. have you guys tried migoreng? Uh huh. Oh, yeah. Is it like that dry style, right? It's uh no, not it's a little bit more uh it's like a wet chow fun texture. Ooh. Yeah, but it's okay. but not a chow fun noodle at all. It's like a skinny noodle, but you know like wet chow fun that that kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. It's that, so but it's a little bit spicy and like mm. still less saucy. All right, everyone out All right, everyone. You gotta go try it. Where can they get that, by the way? Where can they order Amazon. that? Amazon. Amazon. Uh, Kinjabangnoodles.com or Amazon. Cool, cool, cool. That Amazon good. Prime if you're in the U.S. Hey, yo. <laughs> Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swathers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swathers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swathers absorbs wetness better than a leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With free and gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. All right, we're going to transition to your personal lives, if you guys don't mind. Uh, we do know you guys are really busy. You guys travel a lot for work, and you guys are both also in long-term relationships. Anthony, we know you're engaged, and Mike, you're married. So how do you, in essence, both make a semi-long distance relationship work? Long distance? It's not long distance. And you guys travel a lot, <laughs> You said 50% right? travel, yeah. Oh, you're right, you're right. <laughs> you go first. Oh, man. I want to see what um, you say. Well, for me... <laughs> For me, uh, my fiance's name is Nina. Hi, Nina. I don't I think mean, you're I listening, but listen, you have to listen to this one. Um, so me and her, she was on my old dance team, CADC as well. But oh. I was just, I'm like older than her, so I was alumni. Um, and then, so we kind of like just met, knew each other and whatnot. But when we started dating in, 
I'm gonna say he he t- he he, he, does, he did chase the girls in CADC. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like, yeah. You know. Uh, two thousand. So it was a good decision. Yeah, it was. So yeah. glad you didn't try for Kava now. <laughs> yeah, dude. Imagine if you didn't meet Mike. Like, I don't need to go on ABC with Kava and go around the world and be awesome. Yeah, All right. Uh, but that being said, when we started dating, I think in like March 2013 or 14, 14 something like that. Um, I literally we went on one date and then I went to China for like three weeks. And then, like, I, I would come back for a week, and then I would go, like, back out to Europe mm. for, like, two weeks. So mm. I feel like we uh, started where I was just always gone, and it was one of those things where for, I feel like, it just felt like forever that it would always be, like, the heart grows fonder real quick, and you come back, and then it feels like you're in honeymoon mode mm. regardless, just because we haven't seen each other for so long. And then before we can get sick of each other, I got to bounce again. Mm. So, like, it always stayed at this kind of, like, Excitement um, level. Yeah. yeah nice higher and also like a higher level. It didn't get like overly deep for a yeah, while, yeah, right? Yeah. I would always tell Mike too. I was just kinda like, like, it was really cool, man. I'm having like a lot of fun and stuff. Um, there's no problem, so I guess I'll stay in it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? For a while, because I didn't really get a chance to dive deeper. And mm. actually it really wasn't until uh honestly the pandemic that we finally got to stay in one space for like more than I would say three months at a time. Wow. And this this wasn't even like more than three months at a time. This is like every day you're stuck in the house, right? So it was just like a really um, eye-opening experience. And I feel like that really uh, brought our relationship even stronger together. So it was was really cool. Dang, that's eight years later for you guys to have like the quiet 2014. Okay. <laughs> Seven years later, that's still like a yeah. long time. That's that's a. I think that's like destiny. Then if you guys mm. didn't find someone else while you were traveling mm-hmm. or yeah. while you were away. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That's true. That was good. Yeah. Hey, good job, Nina. <laughs> no, good job, Anthony. Yeah. Oh, hey, good job, Anthony. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely to riff off that. Uh, I would definitely say distance makes the heart grow fonder, mm. and that's like our common theme. I feel like in our own individual love lives, because um, so my wife Addie. Hi Addie. Hi Addie. Hi Addie. Uh, <laughs> she's uh, we met in 2009 actually. Uh, she's Canadian, and uh, Hi, we Canada. met. We, <laughs> uh, we met judging a dance competition in Toronto. Ooh. Actually, uh, we met. Oh, I mean, there's so many connections to this. She actually that first weekend that we met. Um, she we like exchanged music and that was when we knew like we connected uh-huh. um, <laughs> yes. and the song that she gave me was the first piece of choreography for our first ever Kinja's performance oh wow um, Destiny. Destiny. it's a starry eyed Ellie Golding the Jack Wobb <gasps> remix yeah and so um, anywho yeah that was our first meeting and then um, we ended up being the only judges they brought back every year and so it was always a changing lineup of judges, but they would bring back Addie and myself. So we kept seeing each other. And then um, we were both in relationships at the time. So mm. it was one of those like timing, like Andrew in another country kind of thing um, for uh, all the way until, God dang, 2014. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. And then there was a period of time where we both were got deeper into our relationship and then didn't talk for like, there was a dark year. Maybe I didn't mm. even go to the competition that year. But then after that, we both became single at the same time. And she, I hadn't heard from her. And she was like, hey, I'm going to be in L.A. And I was like, oh, I just heard single. I wonder if she's single. Hmm, mm, uh, whatever, yeah. right? Uh, and then, uh, yeah, we reconnected. And it was just like, you know, classic love story. Like, immediately I was like, you're, gonna, you're in L.A. for Coachella this weekend? Okay, I'm going to get tickets. I'm going to go too. And then boom, boom, boom. 
uh, it just turned into a uh, fast forward where uh, we just already knew we had such a, like a long-standing friendship mm. uh, that it turned to a relationship. And we got married in less than, we got married really quick. I think that was, or that might've been 2015, but we got married in like a year. Cause I think our friendship had gone for so long yeah. and we just kind of knew by that time. And so that being said, to answer your question, we're so used to long distance. Mm. And she also, uh, she's a dancer. She's kind of a one-stop shop as well. But, mm. um, but she travels for work also. And so we're so used to like being apart from each other for so long that um, it's just normal. We're so used to being a lo- uh, away from each other for even like a month at a time. Wow. Yeah, um, months at a time even, actually. Um, and you know, we just face, thank God for FaceTime and <laughs> being in a generation that has FaceTime. But, um, yeah, I would say even today, she was just in Canada for a week and she, she comes back today. Wow. So, um, it's so, I almost feel like it's, we're so used to it now. There's, we're going to get used to even like still traveling, one of us traveling when we have kids. And it's just mm-hmm. like, that is the dynamic of our relationship. Mm-hmm. We're kind of used to it now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I'm not mad at it to be honest. Cause, um, yeah, it you definitely, um. Like I said, distance, you get it. Yeah. Distance makes the yeah, go fonder. All, you guys yeah, both started that. that way, too. So it, it, it's like, it, it it's makes sense. Flow. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Flow. Like, if I'm Destiny. from Philip, I'm just like, I, that's that's tough. I'm like, a whole week? Would you miss me? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> he hella does. He's calling me and telling me. Sick answer, bro. Sick answer, bro. You gotta play it cool right now. <laughs> we leave? He's like, of course I miss you. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> you're both married and engaged to dancers how important is it to be in a relationship with a dancer okay i'm gonna answer this from the perspective of uh, it's a spectrum (laughs) it's a spectrum because it's not black and white because i've been in relationships with dancers that did not work at all so i can't say like oh because she's a dancer that's why it works. I think that's just like mm. a part of who we are and something we do, but I don't think that that's the, uh, there's pros and cons to everything, right? Yeah. You could see the pro of that and be like, oh, it's so amazing that she understands this and that. But then on the other side, there's all these things you could complain about too. And you're like, oh, because she's a dancer, there's this. And then you might have different opinions of like, yo, I think that's pretty dope. And they have such a specific opinions about dance and artistry mm-hmm. too. And then if you, mm-hmm. then you have that, that whole mm-hmm. microcosm of a conversation yeah, yeah. of like, wait, what? Like, yeah. Yeah. I could go there, <laughs> right? So it's like, there's so many sides to it. And so, of course, with... There's so much truth in what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so a lot of your couple fights could potentially be over dance. Yeah. I mean, we, me and Addy have never had a fight over, like, dance. Oh. Like, a specific dance. If anything, it's more so um, fighting over normal, normal <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Couple stuff. Not, like, actual artistry, I would say. But um, but even still, I, I would just say it's, it's a spectrum, mm. to be honest. Right, would you say both of you, have, have you guys dated non-dancers before? I have, yeah. I have dated. Okay. And it didn't work out. (laughs) (laughs) Do you you feel like the connection was different? Was the connection different? Like, do you feel like you connect with each other because you share this, like, passion or understanding of dance? Uh, My honest answer is, like, that helps, but it's totally, Mm. totally not the reason why. Mm. It's so much more than that. Or have you ever dated someone that, like, can't move well? (laughs) Who you'd be, like, embarrassed. That didn't last long. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I do remember being younger uh-huh. and being like, "It's like you don't have to be a professional dancer, but if we were to try and dance with each other, and it's like not good, <laughs> like if she has no rhythm, it wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. that could be like 
a, deal a little sure. tough. Yeah, 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 I can't, yeah. I can't explicitly be like, this is for sure not going to work out. But there would definitely be like a. Er? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I remember that feeling hard when I was younger, but later on it's like, whatever. <laughs> Wait, so have you you dated one non-dancer? You dated dancers then. My silence is is my Rolodex yeah, yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, you gotta, <laughs> your Rolodex. You're scanning. It's either a the, lot or like not at all. <laughs> I, I, they might have all had some connection to dance. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. You're community. Yeah. Yeah. Not, yeah. Not yeah. Friends. Oh, yeah. High, well, she was a cheerleader. My high school girlfriend was... It's like, I know his Rolodex. <laughs> this is like our freaking yeah. Yeah, history. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, my high school girlfriend was a cheerleader. Shout out Jenny Kim. Jenny <laughs> um, Kim. Was it the other... Yeah, so no, not always. Uh, <laughs> you said that no. Mm. Not always, yeah. Like, I just thought about that. Yeah. I said it. Not move. Send it. Hey, really? Honestly, I just love Nina, so... <laughs> Nina, are you listening? <laughs> <laughs> So we talked in the beginning about how, um, you know, dance plays such a huge role in the Asian American culture and community. Why do you guys think that is? Like, where does that come from? I think there's a lot of theories. Someone's going to do a really good documentary uh, study about this, I'm sure. Or really, like, an adequate one. Yeah, an adequate one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but my, my personal theory, observation, is just, uh, I think it just starts with culture. I think Asian Americans gravitate to even just hip hop culture, yeah. right? Like it's just, it starts there. I think mm-hmm. even just being a minority, mm-hmm. you identify with hip hop culture in a different way, right? Um, and I think that spoke to us very early. I think there's also like this thread of like, to me, I see uh, even just the fact that so many uh, stereotype, but like Asian Americans are like usually forced to play an instrument. Mm-hmm. But like, I feel like because that's not, common with all cultures is my own theory but like it it gives you this foundational understanding of music and timing Mm. and rhythm Mm. right Mm. and so we may not be like dancing at parties with our like parents like the way like maybe you know latino culture might be or you know i mean but i think our foundation is just like we do have some like the rhythm and timing and musical Mm. understanding that's like subconscious in our culture um and i feel like that mixed with uh you know just being fans of hip-hop culture and connecting to it is like Asians like I think uh, that uh, the intersection but then I think also when it comes to like choreography you guys know you guys know like um, when it comes to uh, colleges and especially on the west coast and like the east coast that's the huge like genesis point of once you join a college then you see this whole culture of like um, the Asian student teams, right? Any mm-hmm. Asian student association usually has a culture night. And usually these Asian American kids, regardless of what city it's at, are going to try and put together some sort of performance, mm-hmm. some sort of hip-hop related mm-hmm. performance. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe it's all K-pop now. But <laughs> <laughs> like some form of like a hip-hop dance performance. And I think that that kind of rabbit holds. Um, and that is where you got all these like people from different backgrounds throwing in their culture into it where it's whether it's dance or they had some dance training or some classical ballet training or someone who was just skilled at taekwondo but it's like really physical and maybe he knows like a lot of athletic stuff or maybe just athletes or cheerleaders who are really good with formations Mm -hmm. and that like melting pot in our microcosm of a scene I think was just this perfect storm of just like Asian Americans waiting yeah. <laughs> to just be like, yo, like this is this is um I guess our time, whether we knew it or not. 
And so I feel like that's that's part of like this uh, inherent connection between Asian Americans and dance. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's a great answer. I've never thought about that before. I remember because I'm from the East Coast. I remember the first time I saw like Hot Modern and just like ABDC on. The first time I saw so many Asian people on stage, and I was mm-hmm. just like, "This is the representation <laughs> we need." Like, how did they get on stage? And what's the history behind mm-hmm. all these yeah. people? You know, getting like becoming professional dancers yeah. essentially and getting on the stage. So the interesting thing about ABDC too is like you know.、Um, Same thing. I heard the later on. I heard the producers were even surprised. This is、yeah. just real talk. But the producers were even like, "Why are there so many Asians?" Like real talk. They were、mm. saying that, and like there was even just to get even more real. We heard that there was even chatter about like, "Oh, Asians aren't cute." Like they weren't ready for that at that time because it was such an influx of Asians, was, all right,、yeah. uh, on all the seasons. You're hella cute, Mike. Like, thanks, man. <laughs> thanks, man, dude. Um, but yeah, it.、Uh, so yeah, just off of your point, right? Even、yeah. as an Asian or not, like people weren't ready to yeah, see that. Yeah. But like we came in and、uh, yeah, at that audition, you know, like I think all the college teams, background teams, were the most、um, primed for that competition,、mm-hmm. that format.、Mm-hmm. So right, like right. you know, there's so many talented crews, right? I wouldn't. I think it's it's art is subjective. So I wouldn't say that we're the The best is just we have our specialties, and there's all.、Yeah. I'm not saying that just to say it. It's, it's art. It's subjective.、Yeah. But I think the format of that show, like if you're like a crew of like kids who's usually just freestyle, and there's、mm-hmm. like no organization, like a college Asian crew is just ready for this format. <laughs>、yeah. Like we need to make a new routine yeah, yeah. in a week. <laughs> we got it. Like we're good. You want to log us? We don't care where we practice.、Yeah. We're、parking、used to parking、lots. structures,、yeah. hotel rooms. It doesn't、yeah. matter. Like. We had been training for it already, so、mm-hmm. it was like we were equipped, and、mm-hmm. I think that like these MTV producers had no, no. idea.、Yeah. That's true. Yeah, I also say like as I I also watched ABDC and watching Common Honor was the first time I saw Asians on stage, and I was like, wow, Asians look actually really cool. Like、yeah. never seen cool Asians before. Like this is really embarrassing, but watching Common Modern, I were telling my friends in high school, I was like, yo, if I buy Common Modern sword, if I go to the airport, would they think I'm in Common Modern? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, what if they thought I was a Yuri tag? But not really. <laughs> like I would, I legit considered that. But I'm not a dancer, so I'm like, oh, this is like, they'll think I'm cool, you、that's、know? Yeah, they probably. That's hell and real. That's the Jabberwocky effect too. I know every Asian guy in the air is also like, yeah, I'm a Jabberwocky.、Yeah. Like you could just say <laughs> it, right? Yeah, I say it all the time. <laughs> what do you think, Anthony? About about what Asians? <laughs> I, I honestly, I, I feel like it's just、um, to add to that. It's kind of like what I said earlier about the timing of everything, right?、Um, Like the platform,、uh, there were there were shows like "So You Think You Can Dance,"、mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Before that, like represented like a lot of individualism and even the politics on shows like that. They're not like real rea- reality TV shows, right? They're trying to just kind of like tell a、uh, their best version of a well-rounded story,、mm-hmm. right?、Um, and when given that era, the time frame of even being able to have like crews go on to.、Uh, to YouTube as well, it gave Asians a space to just try, and then once. I guess people recognize that like we could, be, and, and I I say that like seriously because like there really the the one Asian dude who was on、uh, and you got served he's on our crew too you know what I mean like I remember we remember like looking at that dude J D McElroy with the with the dreadlocks and whatnot or the cornrows and it's kind of like there weren't a lot of people repping that scene like super heavy you know so finally having like you know Asians on TV or like on YouTube and then just giving kind of just the spark it's just like the ember. That allowed other people to be like, "Oh snap, Asians do dance." Or I remember it was um, what was that like meme term, like dance level Asian? You know what I mean? Like that came about during that, that era, that time for、yeah. that time frame as well. And it's just kind of like giving 
just that spark to to allow people to recognize like oh this can be done and then suddenly you started like exponentially seeing more people jump into the scene Mm -hmm. i mean like even youtube at that time and even still while we're all even still here is because YouTube had its space for Asians as well, right? There was that that whole Asian YouTuber community, mm-hmm. right? That like um, just got a chance to say what they had to say, and people were willing to listen because of the platforms and, and the time frame. So, uh, I think that those unknowingly uh, they were pioneers at the time. All of all of us were you know yeah. were part of just something special and you know even for us now straight up being on like the maybe the tail end of our physical prime considering like the athleticism necessary to be at your highest you know uh, ability it's kind of like seeing where the culture has gone over the last you know decade two decades and seeing where it's evolved especially for the uh, you know the asians around the world in general and how how we can now be globally connected through social media dance and the internet in general it's kind of like it has really, really evolved so much. It grew mm-hmm. so much. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If we wanted to learn a dance move, he would you'd be dragging my ass out to like the local club and we would see that one popper that maybe we saw one video from somewhere mm-hmm. like E Bombs World or some nonsense. And it's like, oh snap. And then whatever you got from that mode, you had to like digitally try and be like, remember everything you see right now. Don't drink too much. Remember everything. And you would walk away and that was it. That was like like four months of inspiration until mm. the next person you might see. You know what I mean? Like we, yeah. we had that. Yeah. And then now everybody is, everyone around the world is connected through things like dance. And that's just, uh, I think that's just really, really cool. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And speaking of, you know, the booming industry of dance, we're seeing this like large, like boom in China with for the hip hop scene. I think, you know, for me, I am a, I do listen to like Korean hip hop and things like that. I watch shows like Show Me the Money, but I'm seeing this large trend of hip hop becoming a big thing in China. And I feel like you guys have a big role in that. So, what role do you guys think you play in this larger movement in China for hip hop? I think hip hop is maybe too um, uh, specific mm-hmm. a term. I think like um, I, I would be more comfortable talking about like maybe dance and the arts in general and also in, in general, more like the bridge between mm-hmm. realistically. China is like its own planet. So really getting a chance to even bridge China with the rest of the world yeah. has always kind of been like, it wasn't around when, when, when we were really coming up. So kind of building that bridge, especially through dance, was already in and of itself like a huge thing. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of hip hop OGs that, you know, would still go out to China and train and stuff. So they're, ultimately their dance community um, existed. Mm-hmm. It was just, uh, I would say, you know, and, and I'll say this fairly because we're coming from like the entertainment capital of the world. We're, we're out here on the West Coast, right? So we were fortunate to be also in kind of like the, most supreme version of every part of the culture but i would say china was like four to five years behind you know what i mean america when it came Mm. to like the dance like choreography choreography wise yeah you know what i mean they were still very very like underground the streets the Mm -hmm. culture was very um the freestyle scene was still like at a a high level Mm -hmm. but the choreo scene i think was uh it definitely was behind yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and so i think one of the most impactful things that we honestly did again same thing we didn't i don't think we went there with the intention of being like this is how we're going to influence this nation you know what i mean that was also honestly just i can't believe how far that's gone you know um thankfully but we wanted to just shoot videos and people out there weren't even like shooting like high produced like dance expression content mm-hmm. and then also just through the randomness of our relationships and stuff like that one of the first major videos we actually ended up doing out there is like a choreography concept video back in 2014 was we went to the shaolin temple and we're able to sh- i'm talking like we were already mind blown because this is like the shaolin temple we see these in like all the old kung fu movies all okay. the time yeah. 
and they would never let anybody go in there unless it was like a huge feature film by like Zhang Yimao or something like that. Like we just happened to have our partner, her auntie was like the president of the educational board at the time Mm. for the Shaolin students that like do like actual education outside of martial arts on the campus. Okay. So we happened to kind of have a semi in (laughs) and we went to the temple like four, five, six in the morning or something like that before anybody showed up, we just shot this video, Wow. right? And then we just kept on doing it. We would always go back to China. We just kept on shooting these videos, but then that became, I feel like, one of the most impactful things that happened to the Chinese choreography dance community out there because they, that's how they learned to start being like, oh, I guess, I guess it's not just enough to like dance. We can create and then we can go like, not just film, but really create art, whatever it was, whether it be as simple as like finding a costume and finding a song and picking a location and just putting your camera up Mm -hmm. to like really thinking out how I want to like tell a story through like whatever inspiration or craft I've learned through this dance game. And, and, you know, after we did that, and again, that kind of spiraled out. It's, I, I think is when we brought the the studios and the uh, dance competition arena out there that once we started really being kind of the forerunners of elevating the dance culture in general out mm-hmm. there, I think that started the trickling of different people catching wind of who we were, or who we were, wanting to bring us out and work with like specific artists that were very, very relevant and still doing really, really amazing and huge things in the time of the pop culture in China. Mm-hmm. And then one year after another, we just like ended up working with uh, honestly every artist out there on every major dance TV show mm-hmm. every That's season, cool. and and it's just kind of been like a really, really wild ride. Damn, yeah. That's crazy. That's a crazy story. Tapping yeah. into a whole nation. I know. And growing the dance community. But you know what? You know what's huge though? When we're here, no matter what, we're we're just Asians. Yeah. Like yeah. the Asian crew. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No matter what, it's like the Asian crew. Like you can't take it's that like away. It's like it's a gimmick. It is. As That's exactly it what it is. Yeah. But you can take our style and movement and all of our years of experience away. You put the crew there, it's kind of like, oh, cool. That's the Asian crew. And, and and that's just how it is, you know. Um, but I guess it doesn't help that we have like ninja masks and like. <laughs> but continue, or it totally helps because we make noodles as well. <laughs> um, but when we go over there, we're just on a totally different like playing field and pedestal because they uh, they're Asian too. Yeah. So they don't look at us and they're like more Asian. You know what yeah, I mean? They yeah. can see the individuals. They can see people. Mm. They can be like, oh, I see that person, or, or I can build a relationship with that person, or I like that character in, in the story because, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. and that relatability has allowed us to like work at, at, on CCTV shows out there, like the major, every major artist. We sat down with Jackie Chan for dinner. What? Yeah, Jackie Chan. That was the most starstruck I've ever been in my life. I remember, I remember just being so nervous. We ate, we went to, he's like, you like crab? Big, most big, most expensive crap, all China. Right, we went like to this back end spot that obviously he probably just like ran, um, and we go there and we eat. And then after he's like, "When's the next time you come China?" And I'm, everybody's looking at me. I'm like, w- uh, "Whenever you want us to." I'm like, what the, "Whenever you want us to." Who says that? But the point is, it's like in America, like whatever the equivalent to Jackie Chan is here, I don't, for some reason, I just don't ever see us ever getting a chance to sit down in the room yeah. with that person here yeah. who runs that like heavy of a right. legacy or entertainment right. out here. So it's kind of like the way that we are seen as Asian Americans mm. allows us certain opportunities that we're, mm. we're just honestly not really afforded over here. Mm. Or there's just way more access points in China. Yeah. yeah. I think like not to say that it's not possible here right. but just when we go to china it's like a handshake away you know yeah, and yeah. like and it just it happens like that and i feel like even just the first time 
Kendra was like on the cover of a magazine and just did a shoot, and we we're just like our faces, <laughs> and we're like, "Whoa, we're just a dance crew here!" <laughs> like that's normal. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh! And I yeah. think that that's exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Like here, it's more about like the get up, the costume. You yeah, know, we face. lean into it yeah, here, yeah, you know, and it, it's natural too. It's not this obviously just like this gimmick choice. Like obviously we're like anime nerds at heart, and anyways, we've evolved that. <laughs> <laughs> Some of us, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, here it's it's obviously different. And we go to China, it just rocks our our whole world. Where even when we were there, and um, you know, we've done even work where. Like they didn't want us to wear masks at one time、um, because of like the protests that were going on、mm-hmm. uh, in Hong Kong and how like that represented that. But the idea of when we were there for、um, you know whatever work we were doing to not be masks and to just be like, oh, this is this is different. But like in China, they'll still know it's the Kinjas,、yeah. <laughs> you know, versus. Anything back home, so but but it's not even just China, right? It's also like we'll be on like TV shows in Malaysia. We'll like be able to throw competitions with government backing in Singapore. We'll choreograph for like every major K-pop label and group, or or C-pop, J-pop. Like we like we can transcend a lot of other higher echelons in the industry in Asia.、Mm. And out here, it's not to say that we don't have those opportunities. It's just a little bit fewer and far in between. Is all. Yeah. Are you guys still currently doing work in Asia, or I guess、mm-hmm. now that things are just yeah, starting to、yeah. open up? So is the is the plan kind of to put more focus in? in、uh, it's it's、work? like a duality at this point. I would、yeah. say that at one point we were like really leaning into China, but I think now not that we're not, but I think we're I think we're fortunate to be in a place where yeah, it's like there's a duality. I would say because、mm-hmm. Japan is this other rabbit hole that we've、mm-hmm. opened up now,、mm-hmm. and so a majority of our apparel this year is exclusively available in Japan.、Cool. And so that's a whole nother rabbit hole where some of the partners we've met through、um, through China now、um, we're able to create certain pieces and designs that maybe back home is a is a heavier lift to create,、mm. but in Japan it's way more doable. So oftentimes we are rocking the stuff from Japan and we're like, man, I wish we could have this here, you know.、Yeah. And it's just、mm-hmm. but at the same time we're like、uh, obviously grateful that we are able to do these things via Japan and via Asia, really, which is. Also crazy to say though, like I, I remember just even with like fashion, even when I was working at Exclusive, I remember just like getting cl- our clothing into Tokyo would be like the most insane, impossible dream,、mm. right? And like now it's like holy crap, all of our stuff is like exclusive, like in Tokyo and in stores and stuff. But again, I, I guess I just wake up now、uh, older, you know, years later, and just like it is, it is an easier access point for Asia in general for、mm. us. You know what I'm saying? So,、um, but. Even with the the conversations earlier with things like noodles and whatnot, you know,、um, without dance being the only focus now, I think it's just also a matter of understanding where to responsibly and with fun kind of spread our own wings and, and find other ventures as well. In addition to as we continue to like even like evolve and grow and mature, you know, what everybody understood Kinjas to be or has、mm-hmm. understood Kinjas to be, you know. Yeah, you guys are more of a brand than just like a dance company yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, that is the goal. Yeah. 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 You know that moment. You spend hours perfecting that beautiful design, and if you were me, you send it to Helen and Janet to get their compliments. Now it's time to post it on your website and share to Instagram and send to your contacts. But you forget you need to resize everything. 
facepalm. If posting your creation everywhere includes reformatting, resizing, redownloading, and re-uploading, you need Issue. Issue is an all-in-one platform to create and distribute beautiful digital publications from brochures to magazines and more. It's perfect for creators, marketers, designers, educators, and anyone who wants to make content that stands out. Issue makes content better and works seamlessly with tools you already use like Canva, Dropbox, and InDesign. Get started with Issue today for free, or if you sign up for a premium account, you'll get 50% off when you go to issue.com slash podcast and use promo code ABG. That's I-S-S-U-U dot com slash podcast and use promo code ABG at checkout for your free account or 50% off your premium account. That's issue.com slash podcast with promo code ABG. I'm also curious because you guys started like way like you were the OG OGs right and, and a lot of people we're young OGs. Young, young OGs young OGs yeah, yeah, yeah. we're like mid G's yeah. <laughs> but like having been in this space for so long do you feel like you creatively tap out sometimes because your every piece is a piece of art that's unique and different from anything else you did before how do you guys stay creative um, I think every creative at our age is probably on the same page of like, yeah, you definitely go through. It's like a whole yeah, yeah. roller coaster, right? Mm-hmm. Mike's doing these like really cool hand moves that I probably <laughs> I'm very gestural by nature. Um, but yeah, I would say it's, it's just like a relationship at this point. Mm-hmm. I think I am married. I'm in a lifelong relationship with dance mm-hmm. and just like any relationship, um, you know, you have to work at it. You have to um, accept that, that it's not always going to be going to be perfect. But at the end of the day, you, you come to this point where you're like, oh, I'm in this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm in this for the long run. And um, now I think it's just uh, just managing that relationship with it. Finding ways to still keep it creative, of course. But at times, I think even being okay to be like, I'm not going to be creative like for the next two weeks because mm-hmm. there's so much to yeah, work yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. But like, we'll find our way back to it. Mm. Did you feel like during the pandemic, your creativity went up or did it kind of go down? At the top of the pandemic, all... <laughs> it's the bomb. I'm laughing because... Okay. Uh, top of the pandemic. You know, there was like, I don't know about y'all, but the first couple of weeks of the pandemic, when you didn't realize how long it was going to be mm-hmm. and like the true reality of it, yeah. there was kind of this like, oh, we can't meet for work. Like, oh, I'm at home. Like, <laughs> what do I feel like doing? Yeah. Right? And so, um, like, we all like picked up these like hobbies. Oh. <laughs> like, uh, like, you know, like, um, as far as creativity goes, like, well, I guess knitting is creative too. I picked sure. up fishing, but... Yeah. Uh, continue, continue. Uh, I started rapping and practicing rapping. Oh. Anthony started producing music. Like, we were just Whoa. feeling so creative. And I was like, we were on one. Like, every day, I was like, I'm going to write a verse every day. And I was just in it. <laughs> uh, and then he was like, yo, I'm going to play this beat for you. And we're like, whoa, let's go. We were like, so creative, so creative. And then um, when the world shifted, uh, especially America <laughs> during the pandemic culturally. Um, I don't want to say shifted, but I think you guys know what I mean. When it's, when everything started happening, um, I think that's when there was like zero creativity for everybody. Oh. <laughs> right? It was like just like, you're just world. like, oh man, okay, this is uh, our reality. So um, to answer your question, creative in the beginning and then mm-hmm. not creative. And then it started going in a bunch of different directions. I guess creative, and we had to get creative as far as business goes. Everybody's creative, by the way. I just want to say, and for whoever's listening, this idea of like, yeah, like like the idea of uh, uh, like, oh, I'm a creative or I'm an artiste. Like I'm so, um, 
I think there's creativity required in every every job. Yeah, yeah. Straight up, if you're a producer, you're a freaking admin. I don't give a crap. If you're good at your job, if you're great at your job, you are creative. Yeah. <laughs> you have to find creative ways to solve things, and yeah. so I, uh, I guess. It's hard to say. I guess we were being creative at other points too. That maybe front facing might not seem creative, but it's mm-hmm. like yo, everything's creative. You just have to figure shit out. Yeah, that's definitely the season we're in. I feel like uh, to co-sign on that, it's like if I hyper focus on like my dance artistry, then like absolutely, I go in seasons where I'm like in my mind, I'm like amazing, and then like other times I'm like I I'm so insecure. I like cannot do it. I'm actually in a season where I'm like not really like I don't know where my dance creation is, but. I stay creative if I don't hyper-focus on dance. Mm-hmm. I'll be creative exactly like how he's talking about, like, you know, with us, with what we have to do with, like, the clothing line or the studios or, like, you know, picking back up the podcast or the noodles or anything that's going on. Um, there's other ways that, like, mm-hmm. we're forced to stay creative, even mm-hmm. if it's creative problem-solving or, right. like, adapting. I feel like our minds are always being exercised in that mm-hmm. way. Um, it's just whether it's, like dance art or just like life in general Mm. so i feel like i I allow myself to be okay that i'm not like super in my mind creative with like artistry because i'm exercising that in like everything else that i feel some sort of like fiduciary duty to like respond Mm. to i think it's really interesting you guys say that everything you guys do is creative because a virtual question i had for you both is that you guys were you guys are dancers so transitioning from a dancer to like a ceo right Mm. or running a company it's it's kind of requires a different side of your brain but if you were to reframe it as everything i do is creative you're going to tap into you're gonna feel fulfilled in some way, right? Totally. Yeah. You know, I was just talking about this with Ving, one of uh, our other creative directors in Kinjas. Um, it's funny because maybe that's where I still feel tied to uh, dance, even, mm. right? Where I do, like I just said, I think every, there is uh, creativity in everything. But the only thing that I realized still, I had to, uh, I came to a realization today in a conversation where I was like, ah, oh, but at the end of the day, when I'm being like really creative, and in my own mind, uh, creative with like, you know, whatever tasks it is or whatever, right? Uh, problem solving as far as like the back end of our business goes. I, I'm not necessarily extremely fulfilled. I'm mm. like, it's done. <laughs> yeah. Check <laughs> it that is box. Complete. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. But like when some like creative or I don't say creative, but some dance piece or video we've done, mm. when I've completed something like that, I still am like, I have a different level of fulfillment at mm. the end of it. So I think that is still something that I... Um, I'm still like finding the flow of even where, to be honest, just like my personal flow of like, do I lean more into this or do mm. I lean more into this? Yeah. But like, I, I just know that I, I don't know, I'm currently at the, I can't let go of like, you know, movement, dance, mm-hmm. and right, film right. because I know that I have a different feeling when I complete that, even yeah. though I, I, I enjoy and respect this other side. It's, uh, it's the feeling at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah, It's good that you guys have built up this business so that you can stay creative in, in so many different ways. I mean, back in high school and college, I feel like I was, a lot of girls may feel this way, like they were attracted to the dancers or the cool Asian guys, right? They're a little intimidated when you go to like high school dances or the club and you, you want to dance with a dancer guy, but you're like, what if I suck? Or like, do you guys, like, do you guys pay attention to the way they move? Like, I think, well, Anthony answered the question earlier, but <laughs> wait, do dancers grind like at the club? <laughs> I don't. Well, that went okay. totally somewhere <laughs> I didn't know it was gonna go. I was trying to figure. You're trying to think you know, of like, like how does a girl impress a dancer? Like, is it with her dancers or is it like talk about grinding? <laughs> no. Here's the you ever get in trouble for grinding? <laughs> I totally did. Yeah. Get in trouble for grinding? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me neither. Yeah. No. Totally. Wait, not. What? Where? What? In what context? 
Like high school dance. No, 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 high school uh, dance. No, we had wristbands. A Christian private high school. Yeah, uh, just like a high school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In my high school, we had wristbands. If you if you grinded more than twice, they cut off your wristband. You're kicked out. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Then you had more than twice. <laughs> yeah, only once. Wow, there were grinding policies. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Is that is that just like a butt up on someone and that's yeah. grinding? I had I had the facilitator oh. of the dance. He was like a some other PE admin or something like that. Yeah. I remember I was dancing with a girl. He literally walks up. And he's like, get your leg out from between her legs. He's <laughs> like, oh, snap. And he's like, thank you. Whoa. I'm going to be like, whoa, that was sobering. Yeah, <laughs> kill the vibe. But yes, because I heard like, I don't know. I feel like I'm under impression like guys who are dancers at the club or whatever, like they move really well. I don't know if that makes any sense. What are you? What are you asking? You know what it is. I feel, I feel like I talked to. I have some friends who are dancers. Some of them say like, "Oh, at the club, I don't grind. Like grinding isn't a thing with dancers." Mm-hmm. Oh, is that true? I think I feel like we're speaking about um, like back in the day. dancers as if dancers are like this uh, ones. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, oh, that's true. Scale of like we are, you know, the same. Yeah, there's so many. You know, we're all different types of human beings in all shapes and yeah. sizes and orientations. Um, but I, I would say. Okay, to answer that question, yeah. I, I don't, I don't have a black and white answer for that. Some, I mean, it's a vibe. Okay, <laughs> you talk, you, it depends on where the night's at. Yeah, you talk about like a classic freak leak, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 I would, I always like loved a, a good freak leak. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, it was a very, very good freak. I think it just depends on like where the night's at and the music. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. some yeah. people can be like, I, I'm not gonna go to a club and ground guy, and then it's, it's the right weekend. It was the wrong week, <laughs> and then you had shots in, and then boom, you're like, you get it. So it's, it's a spectrum. Yeah, but you got to also think about it like this. Like, we're a group of dudes that dance with other dudes always. Uh, <laughs> that's true, huh? Like, we are always dancing with dudes. So maybe it doesn't quite take that much to impress. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. There you go. There I think go. it's a vibe. It's a vibe. It's a vibe. My own personal opinion is a vibe. Because a girl who uh, maybe was, like, super, I don't know, good at dancing or whatever. But it's there's a spectrum. Because maybe she's, like... She's just going off, and you're like, whoa. Maybe that's like too much. <laughs> you're like, yeah, it's too much. And then it could even be a girl who maybe she doesn't really move, but like uh, her just spirit. It's just spirit, yeah. right? You mm. can just sense whatever vibe she's on, and she's yeah. just like, she might be cracking a joke, and it's super awkward, but if the vibe is just right, then it, it yeah. doesn't really matter, right? Am I so real right now? Yeah. I'm, I'm just like, I'm, I'm more basic, like, for sure. <laughs> There's some girls that, like, they can't, like, dance on their own, right? It's like... But man, they can move right. their hips the <laughs> right way. You know what I'm saying? You're, that's what you're asking about, yeah, right? Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. Date, not yeah I'm just saying. You know, and you know, us trained, skilled professionals out there, I'm us men who are really good at dance, we know when a good hip mover is, you know, <laughs> there. That's all. Freaky leak. Cool. Got my, got my question answered. <laughs> She's like, so you guys want to go to the club tonight? Or? Uh, sounds tiring. All right. Well, our next question is, is it too late for us to start our career in dance? Nah. 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 In, never too nah, late? Yeah. Never too late. I don't even know how old you guys are, but I would still say no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a year older, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 No, there, there's, there's so many things that, like, career is such a, even that is such a spectrum nowadays, mm-hmm. right? Like, we were so pigeonholed into thinking that a dance career was one way when we were probably, mm-hmm. like, starting off as younger dancers, mm-hmm. um, whether it be, like, you know, Dancing and performing in the industry, dancing being an artist, you know, choreographing for artists, like uh, three more things. I, I don't even know. Mm-hmm. You it's know a segue to so many things, yeah. right? And I think a lot of people in our, even in our company, uh, are like 
former dancers and whether or not that was professional or just danced in high school it's turned into something completely different and they're just somehow connected to it i think it's like you know for an analogy it's like someone who just loves music like I've, or even like let's get super specific like i've always like loved rap or something mm-hmm. like that right and then and then they're like oh i maybe i'm at whatever age but it doesn't mean i can't like work in you know whatever a and r or management mm-hmm. or you know mm-hmm. or just be a sound designer or whatever it is right um and i feel like it's, it's the same way you can be attached to it if you're passionate about it you can find your way whatever whatever skill set you've already taken your time to like mm-hmm. sharpen there is a way to like attach that to dance i think mm-hmm. to anything really right yeah all right can you teach us your favorite easiest move that non-pro dancers can pick up i'm gonna put out my phone for this yeah, it goes like this. You take uh, your fingers like piece, and then you close them, and you turn them. And you go kinder bang. <laughs> so, uh, the easiest one. Yeah. Do it over now. Uh, I have to do it again. Okay. <laughs> you go with piece, but then you close your fingers. You turn it, so you show the side, and then you go. Sounds <laughs> good. Can you do that, Mel? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, so I, you. I yeah. forgot what he did. <laughs> All right, go for it. Piece. Uh huh. Turn and then. Uh-huh. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Something like that. Good. Look at Phil's face right now. He's like, ooh. I'm not a dancer. All right, that's our promo for this episode. (laughs) All right, last question uh, before we do a quick round of fun questions. What is the best advice you've ever been given that you always go back to? I feel like Mike's going to say, it's a vibe. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have one at the top of my head, to be honest. Um, it's not one singular one. <sighs> I would just say, I mean, I kind of go back to this as far as like at that point in my life, my sister said, because uh, uh, I'm an econ major, even though I was um, dancing. What? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Jay, but, too, right? Econ major. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, like, honestly, like my dream in, in college, even in college, was like, if I'm just on a sick team, I get like a cool job in the daytime and I just crush stuff at night. Like, because that's what I thought the pinnacle of being a dancer was. Yeah. Like, that was all I could process. Um, but um, when I was deciding on um, pursuing dance as a career, just testing it out, uh, my older sister, Jerry, um, she just told me, um, if you're going to pursue any sort of creative career or career in dance, uh, you should just treat it like just the way you would a nine to five, if not more. Like you should be, and because you like it, it should be a nine to five or dedicate more time to it than a nine to five would. And I think that's the only way that like, I'll have your back and mm. I'll help you convince our parents to have your back. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, mm-hmm. okay. What a good sister. I always turn to like this one quote, which I can't like say word for word because I'm not that good. Um, but uh, it's by Eckhart Tolle. Mm. This is a... Uh, for some reason, it always pops up at the right time in life because, well, I guess, the quote. He says something like, um, life will give you whatever experience is necessary for the evolution of your consciousness. Like, how do you know this is the experience you need? It's because it's the one that you're having at this moment. Mm. And I feel like that has always been um, something to, like, allow me to both, like, celebrate when something was successful and also be, like, okay when something was, like, not going well. Yeah. You know what I mean? So uh, it just kind of, like, gave me a different perspective on just, like, the way to approach um, how I'm experiencing things in life. But in terms of uh, advice, I think that we're always trying to, like, build idealisms for ourselves because we know how, like, human we are through, through every experience, especially as a crew, you know, and especially as family where we get to check each other. So I think uh, I would want to take a moment to, like, share that, like, we, we have mantras that we, like, continue to try and practice and dedicate our understanding and, and kind of, like, continual, like, uh, learning through. You know, when we say things 
like respect all fear and none you know maybe it's a cool tagline but like where it came from and what it means to us uh, is something that we choose to always remind ourselves when we say it versus something that we choose to like preach mm. we tell ourselves to respect on we tell ourselves not to fear things because we fear things because we, we have to learn that lifestyle you know when we say things like movement in the shadows like for us and what that means to us about like what it takes to outside of the limelight the type of work you have to put in and, mm. and how you have to keep on like going at it you know what i mean those are the things that we we put in place as like advice to ourselves sometimes because we know how difficult the journey is and how imperfect we are that's so beautiful, beautiful. that was very <laughs> profound <laughs> very tissues. profound hey that's awesome it's a cult you guys are cult it's a cult <laughs> so for four easy payments of $30 <laughs> you get a free you get a free box of kinder bags <laughs> alright last this is a fire round so it's a quick fire round so you have like maybe five seconds to answer oh and God. we'll start with we'll okay. so one question you guys will both answer the same question okay Thoughts on TikTok dancers? TikTok dancers? I think that the way that we had YouTube, they have that. And, like, mm -hmm. congratulations to them. But, uh, uh, you know, I will say, make, like, a five-minute piece of art. And then we'll have a conversation mm -hmm. in the same room. But I respect it crazily. Okay. Cool, cool. Mike? Hardcore love-hate relationship. Mm. With All TikTok. Right. Not necessarily the dancers, but with TikTok. With TikTok. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Second question. First dance move you ever learned? Circle glide. Oh, yes. That's glide. totally not like the real term for it. It's actually called the moonwalk. I'm ah. a super dancer right now, but like that's the, the real, first move you learned. Wow, the real moonwalk is in a circle, and then oh, like, the yeah, change yeah. the name. Anyways, it's like a circular glide. Get off I think the first thing I also tried to emulate was MJ doing the backslide or backslide mm. his version of the moonwalk. Um, that was definitely the first thing I tried to learn. Okay. Okay. Artist you want to work with. Daft Punk. Oh, I was gonna say. That. I know. That's why I was looking at it. I was like, should we three, two, one? Oh, this? No, no, no. You but then if we didn't yeah, hit it, it would no, no. suck. It's all good. It's all good. You take Daft Punk. Okay. You take Daft Punk. Oh, I'm taking. I'll say uh, Christopher Nolan. That's, ooh, oh. that's also really good. Okay. Okay. If you weren't dancing, what would you be doing? <sighs> um, composing soundtracks. Okay. Mm. I might be like a chiropractor. <laughs> <laughs> well, why is that funny? That's just so <laughs> random. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I see laugh, You do have a gift at that, now that I think about it. Yeah, Anthony is oftentimes no, no. the healer. Or that's like your oh. new title these days. The I healer. feel like you've been doing it more, like massages. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. okay. You know. yeah, that's right. Do you like the crack of back? <laughs> Biggest misconception <laughs> of being a dancer. Biggest of being a dancer? Being a dancer. You're rich? Um... <laughs> 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 um Fire round. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, uh, when you like meet a dancer and everybody for some reason, oh, give me a demo. But it's like not always the easiest thing, especially mm. without music or like genuine inspiration, because dance is more of a feeling than it is like a presentation. Mm. So I think people one. like miscon. Yeah, it's like a monkey versus like an mm. artist. Yeah, you get put on the spot a lot. Yeah, it happens every time at weddings. Always. Oh, right? yeah. so, oh you're a dancer, you dance, dance moves. It's like, wait a minute. It's like, wait, you're an accountant, crush some numbers. <laughs> Oh, you know? That's so. true. Would you say the same thing then? Same answer? Uh, sure, I'll take that one. Hey. Go. <laughs> All right, favorite and least favorite music genre to dance to? Oh, oh favorite and least favorite. Oh, it's so transient. It's so... That's... Yeah, it always oh, changes. Uh, 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 uh. Favorite and least favorite? Mm -hmm. Both? Both are K-pop. Oh, oh, interesting. Oh, favorite K-pop too? Yeah, it's because of the love-hate relationship with it, mm -hmm. right? Because, like... 
uh, we love it because like I think people most people normally love it but when you have to like be a creative to all the K-pop songs or artists all the time you're constantly like listening to a new artist or like their mm. track like a thousand times in order to figure out how to choreograph to it or like the way that you might perceive your artistry when you like create it and the way it comes like, there's it's too detailed there's too much connection behind mm. the scenes so mm. it becomes a love-hate relationship mm. that's really deep um I, sorry, but I don't have a love relationship with K-pop. <laughs> <laughs> Just the hate. <laughs> Not the hate. I mean, I love old school K-pop, but that's mm. another story. Um, I would say love. Just musically, I just really, really vibe with like the wavelength of like Kendrick and J Cole. Mm. You know, it's just that's my vibe. Um, I would say not even just a dancey, but um, and then least favorite. Oh man, I will say like. The, the crazy pitches of, like, weird mumble, like, that, oh, it, like, doesn't move me at all. Mm, mm. Like, really far rabbit hole mumble. Some I can get to it. It's but, like, That's Kendrick it's and like, J. Cole. Yeah. And goats. Yeah, so I'm just, like, rapping rap. Goats. Yeah. Different yeah. genres. It's yeah. <laughs> so, so limited. I'm all like, K-pop is, like, you know, Kendrick, <laughs> J. Cole. Crap. All right. Would you rather dance with only your arms or only your legs? <laughs> I, I still have all my limbs, right? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Um, only feet. Dang, one or the other. Probably feet. Probably only if, if you like, had to take away one, yeah, you'd yeah, just be like this the whole time with your arms. <laughs> if you couldn't move your legs, that'd be wild. That that works too, though. Yeah, it does work. Yeah, we do we do that as a drill, by the way. That's yeah. like sometimes like when we're practicing and you do like different exercises. It's like a limitations drill to just oh, like so you practice. It's like yeah. practicing yeah. one part of your mm-hmm. your skill set, um, but. You say hands? Or you said feet? I would, I would say if I had to only, I would go with my legs. Dang, I think I would go hands. Oh, I, I normally yeah. move more with my hands, yeah. but I think if I couldn't. Take the cover oh, half. Because <laughs> I think I have, I've, yeah. We're friends. <laughs> How would your friends describe you in one word? The Vince Vaughn of the dance community. Sorry, that's a lot of words. <laughs> uh, let me take that back. In one word? In yeah. one yeah. word. Gemini. That's uh, a good one for you. You are very Gemini. Thank you. Hardcore. Thank you, see. What does that mean? What's Gemini. one word to define a Gemini? Like split. Two They're sides, the, two yeah, extremes. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. How would you describe me? Like, that's Fat Anthony. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I am. I And I got to say, like, uh, I mean, yeah, that's not, like, indicative of my personality. Yeah, I don't, he knows I'm not saying anything. Yeah, yeah. But it's true. I eat in our circles. That's nothing with personality. But yeah, it's, it's, like, it's true. I just eat like crazy. People, like, look at me and are like, Whoa, and I just like really large portions. That's just how Hidden I'm He's like obviously yeah. not fat, so it's funny if I'm yeah, not yeah. fat. But he's yeah, but also the guy who's like, like we'll all order together, and then when everybody finishes the order, he's like, You got your order? And he's like, Oh, wait, 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 wait. let me get like two more of these to go. <laughs> and, and you're like, We just sat down. <laughs> I love it. Planning ahead. But it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Learned, amazing. A lot, learned, learning a lot about you right now. <laughs> Last question. All right, who's a better dancer, Anthony or Mike? Mike. Oh, subjective. No, dude, oh. subjective. It's art. I was just saying, you can't compare anything. It's so... See, that's well, you didn't say Anthony. Gunslinger. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't, I, I don't believe... I truly... I don't even Mike is also Anthony like one of my better. dance senses. No, Anthony, mm. Anthony, we have such different strong skill sets. You know what I mean? Anthony can do so many things that I could never do straight up. It's Head just, spins, backflips. <laughs> it's uh, straight up true. But like that's, I think, the beauty of it is I think it, it truly is. It's like music. Right? If you're like, yo, he's better at this and that, you'd be like, no, I just like this and this person likes that. So. Mm, that's why they make the perfect team. That's true. Yes. Oh. All right, y'all. What is next for you both and how can our ABG community support you? 
Uh, I would say right now we're on like a micro level. Uh, we're in the arts district right now. So we have a residency at the Row. And so it's a pop-up studio. We're teaching classes there. And uh, we actually operate out of there as well. And our kinesthetic store is also there. So if you want to come visit us and you're in L.A., you can come visit. Cool. Um, if you want to... Uh, I guess even just reach out to us. Everything's digital as well, right? Our store is online, digital, all that. As far as like future projects, um, man, a lot of the stuff we're working on right now we can't talk about, and Aww. that's the exciting stuff. But I would say, um, Kinjibang Noodles is there is a we have a really big announcement coming in seven weeks. Ooh, oh, okay. And so we can't say it now, but in seven weeks, it um, it will be much more accessible. That's all I'll say. Mm. All right, all right. Yeah, lower your expectations. <laughs> but it's whack, it's whack. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like, terrible, it's, it's really terrible. But in some weeks, I'll probably be drunk AF. <laughs> awesome. And then where can everyone find you online? At Kinja's on uh, every platform, um, except for YouTube and TikTok. YouTube. You guys is, are on YouTube? Yeah. Huh? You guys are on YouTube? It's, it's, it's the Kinja's. Oh. Yeah, it's one of those tiny The Kinja's, and then TikTok is Kinja's official. Who took your YouTube name? Is, so YouTube Kinjas is like some guy in Africa on a, like a guitar. Uh, has like 200 subscribers or something like that. Oh, We've like emailed yeah, out, yeah, but you know, to no yeah. avail. It is what it is. All right, all right. Search all the Kinjas and you'll find them, okay? <laughs> all right. Well, thank you both so much for being on our podcast today. Thank you. Yeah, we we want to say that before you just outro. Thank you for having us. You know what I mean? When you say like how can the ABG community support Kinjas and one or whatnot. It's like we're we're here, and to be connected is actually really really cool. So, yeah. thank thank you for having us come into this very 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 luxurious, amazingly clean, amazing Wang Fu office. Yeah, <laughs> super cool. Yeah, super AC and in, in here. <laughs> I'm standing by to turn this all <laughs> thank you, thank you. No, really, though, thank you so much for having us. Yeah, I felt like we were just chatting with old friends. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. If you don't already, please follow us on Spotify, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review, and share this episode with your friends. You can also support us through monthly donations at anchor.fm slash asianbossgirl slash support, or get some merch at asianbossgirl.myshopify.com. If you resonated with today's episode, let us know in the comments of our IG post. And if you'd like to put faces to our names, you can find us on YouTube, where we share vlogs, an audience Q&A segment called Dear ABG, and much more. Our handle on both platforms is at Asian Boss Girl. And we have a couple of shout-outs for today's episode. Amanda wants to thank Erica in Arcadia, California for being her biggest, most selfless support system. She is so lucky to be your baby sister. Aww. May and Dennis in Vancouver want to thank Angela, a.k.a. Jell, for being their sweet Cupid, bringing them together one year ago. Aw, double aw. And Daniel and Katie in Boston want to congratulate Anita on her new job. They are so excited for you in this next chapter. If you'd like to send a shout out to a friend, check out our link tree in our link in bio on Instagram and click on shout outs. If you'd like to send a shout out to a friend, check out our link tree in our link in bio and click on shout outs. And last but not least, thank you to our super talented editor, Michelle, for working all her magic on our episodes, including this one. And we will catch you on the next episode. Bye! Bye. <laughs>